Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome back to Old Millennials, a deep dive on shallow topics from the late 90s and early 2000s. I'm one of your hosts, Margot Poupard. And I'm your other host, Emily Beijing. Do you feel the sudden urge to dance out your feelings? Is everything in your future riding high on you nailing this one final dance? Well, then you have tuned into the correct podcast episode because this is Dance Movies. In a world where Kevin Bacon danced in a barn so that center stage could pirouette and make up a fake ballet company. <laughs> or where Julia Stiles' mom tragically dies and then she has to take a really depressing train ride to her estranged father's house and then learned that it's not all about Juilliard. We live in this world now. <laughs> we are so highly immersed in it because we are dancers for the goddamn American Ballet Company. I can't tell you how many times that quote appears throughout my notes. <laughs> it, I would not use the word sparingly uh. at all because it's all I can think about whenever you say center stage. Oh what do you God. think about when you hear Save the Last Dance? Do you think about chairs? I think about chairs. Carrie Washington's Carrie haircut. Carrie Washington. Her haircut specifically. Her haircut. And then I also think about... Do you think about difficult relationships with your father? Yes. Where you yeah. sleep in a closet? And you and you just refer to your father by his first name, Roy. <laughs> to- totally normal, very well adjusted. Totally normal, well adjusted, always. Oh, slamming. Here's what I think of. There it is. Slamming? Whenever I think of center stage, I think of cool outfit. Slamming. It's a slamming outfit. <laughs> Harry Washington, as Chanel, teaches young Julia Stiles, who comes from the Chicago suburbs, the South Side lingo, that it's not just a cool outfit, it's a slamming outfit. Tight. <laughs> Tight. But we're not starting anywhere cool. No, no. No. Have you ever dusted off a pair of forgotten ballet shoes after watching Center Stage at a sleepover? Daily. Did you think to yourself, maybe I could become a ballerina at the American Ballet Company and I'll meet my own Cooper and or Charlie, that's your choice. 
you know, everybody's got to pick a Cooper and a Charlie in their lives, so to speak. And together, we'll start, like, a really cool ballet company where we only dance to Jamiroquai. And we'll live in an unreasonably large apartment in New York and eat dessert first and bang on a bed that is pretty much in the living room. Because if you haven't had these thoughts before, we're going to have a very hard time getting you to give a shit about center stage. That is very true. And I agreed. I I was about to say yes to everything (laughs) except for, and then I turned 15 and realized most of those guys were in fact gay. (laughs) Some. No, I don't think. No, 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 no. I don't think Charlie or bad boy ballet Cooper Nielsen is gay. No, no. No. And even in real life, they are both happily married to women and everything but yeah I, like <laughs> yes uh, like i would say 78 percent of the core is not straight yes it's kind of like my much like you grew up dancing i grew up you grew up singing somewhat for me i grew up like singing was my life for many years and that was one of the downsides was that many times when you were in choir or something of the performing arts variety what you thought would mean would be a way to get a boyfriend because many rom-coms had told you so was in fact not a vehicle for that. I'm so sorry. What rom-com told you that joining choir was the road to finding a boyfriend? Not off the top of my head. Oh, oh, you it know was, what? It was American not Pie. Pro- American Pie. Because <laughs> Oz joins. Wow. You were waiting for an Oz to join <laughs> choir? Did So you so you are still currently waiting? Yes, I, I okay. am Nina Suvari. Yes, you are still currently waiting. Got totally. it. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Center Stage, from its iconic soundtrack to its unparalleled dance sequences. Sure, maybe Center Stage isn't a good movie, but it's a fucking great dance movie. It's a great dance movie. It gives, it serves its purpose. Uh, you know what? It's stre- I will get into it, but it's streaming on Netflix, and I saw it. It kind of still holds up for the most part, if your expectations are adjusted. I mean, I've seen way worse dance movies. I've seen High Strung, yep. which was not a good dance movie. I mean, I've also sat through You Got Served, which is a very goofy dance movie. I did rewatch some clips of Honey, which is better than I remembered it, but also, I mean, that's just like the common theme theme about dance movies. It's not really about much other than the dance. No, no, you're not going for a plot. Center Stage was released almost 20 years ago in May of 2000. It's broadly about a group of dancers who attend the fictional American Ballet Academy in New York. They go to grueling daily classes in in hopes of becoming the best dancer they possibly can be, and also so they can get cast in a prominent role in the final dance workshop that determines who will be asked to join the American Ballet Company. But there are only three spots for each gender, so that's the whole catch. But it's also an audition for other ballet companies that are shopping for extras. The tagline for Center Stage I thought was amazing. It is, life doesn't hold tryouts. It would be, though. Like, I at that time, I feel like there were so many movies that had these great taglines. I know. It's just so, because, like, a part of me is like, mm, I mean, yeah, I guess. Center Stage is directed by Nicholas Heitner and written by Carolyn Heineken, and I will get into both of them later, because we have so much to get into when it comes to the story. So most of the movie is seen through protagonist Jody Sawyer, played by a real-life San Francisco ballerina, Amanda Schul. But Center Stage is really an ensemble film, and we end up following a lot of what I think are triangles throughout. One is between a ballet director, a bad boy of ballet named Cooper Nielsen, and their mutual love interest, Kathleen. The other is ballet star Maureen, her stage mom, and Bobo Paul Rudd. Zoe Saldana, her attitude, and Juliette Simone. Jody's turnout slash general body, Juliet Simone and Peter Gallagher's eyebrows. Jody, 
Hot Nice Charlie and Bad Boy of Ballet Cooper Nielsen, which is obviously the best love triangle that there is. There are a few minor C plots that do an admirable an admirable job at depicting the less glamorous side of ballet, schmoozing donors for cash, body issues, the physical toll that happens to your body when you're a dancer. Center Stage was able to achieve an authentic feel because most of the cast were dancers. Ethan Stifield, the bad boy of ballet, Cooper Nielsen, was in his prime dancing with the American Ballet Theater, and rival hunk in the movie, Sasha Radetzky, oh, Sasha Radetzky, who plays Charlie, was also a part of the same company. With the exception of Susan May Pratt, the best goddamn dancer at the American Ballet Academy, who are you? Nobody! <laughs> Maureen is the only actor who has zero dance experience besides conveying an icy stare at a level expert. Oh, that jowl. Oh, I mean, <laughs> she can just... Oh, my God. She makes you feel terrible just by looking at you. <laughs> it's very true. But that is passed down trauma, as we will get into that. Uh, next, as I said earlier, Center Stage is currently streaming on Netflix, so of course I rewatched it. And before I get into the triangle thruple plot lines, here are a couple notes that don't quite fit into the formula, but are obviously still integral to the plot. Streaming doesn't have the DVD extras of the extended ballet rehearsal scenes or the performances or Mandy Moore's music video for I Want to Be With You, so I'll just have to YouTube that later, which I did and worth it. But all caps, so much Jamiroquai from the beginning. And oh my god, I forgot how much I loved the soundtrack until the salsa club scene. And then we get into body issues galore. Emily getting kicked out of the ABA for being fat slash quote, not taking care of her body and her sweet mom making Maureen, Jody, and Eva promise not to like anybody make them feel bad about their body is when it clicks for Maureen. And then my favorite quote is, how can you expect anyone to care about you raising your arm if you don't do it beautifully? <laughs> Jonathan has a lot of really like dumb, uh, like very serious, but extremely yeah, dumb in the real world sounding ballet isms. And they're just too much. I, for the longest time, just loathed Peter Gallagher because for most of his career, I would see him in things that he was just a jerk in like sex dot lies and videotape and this movie. And uh, even that Adam Sandler movie, Mr. Deeds. But then of course the OC happened. You did not I'm just like, casually name check yeah, Mr. Deeds and we're just going to skate know, on by. I know. Or skating anyway, on by. Until, until the OC, I really just thought of Peter Gallagher as a real life jerk because specifically this movie would first come to mind for me. So Thruple 1 is the triangle between Jonathan Cooper and Kathleen. We're introduced to the bad boy of ballet, which I'm going to continue to say that, Cooper Nielsen, which that is a dog's name, and his role in the company through ballet director Peter Gallagher's eyebrows. Jonathan, who doesn't understand his vision, but is it because Cooper used to bang his ballet star wife before they got married, or is it because Jonathan is an old fuddy-duddy who does things the way that they've always been done? Turns out it's the second one, but not before we see that Kathleen and Cooper still have tons of onstage chemistry. This plot thread ultimately doesn't add up to much because Cooper puts on the best ballet in the workshop, he gets the big money from the old lady donor, and he and Kathleen seem like they have a genuinely good work relationship now. Thruple 2 and I think is probably my favorite plot line, is Maureen, her stage mom, and Bobo Paul Rudd. <laughs> I refuse to write down his name. I don't care what it is. Do not tell me. I don't care what that actor's real name is. He is Bobo Paul Rudd. That's what we're doing. Ballet star Maureen has a bit of a momager situation on her hands that manifests, that manifests itself in a secret bulimia. Well, maybe not so secret because it is ballet. Anyway, during a ballet fundraiser reception, she gets stalked by Bobo Paul Rudd, who is a pre-med cater waiter. 
when she won't give him her number, he calls her mom's office and then waits outside her school. I don't give a shit if you're a fucking pre-med at Columbia, you psycho. No. You don't stalk someone into going on a date with you. That is some notebook Ryan Gosling shit right there. Mm-hmm. He might as well have just threatened to kill himself for her to go on a date with him. He does almost... Which he does, basically. <coughs> you're right. Holy shit. I think he basically does do that. I didn't write that down specifically, so I don't... I can't conjure up the exact moment, but I'm pretty sure he does. Through this relationship, though, it becomes apparent that Maureen may look like she has it all, but she is fucking miserable. When Bobo Paul Rudd confronts her about her bulimia one night after a date, she storms out and tells her pre-med stalker boyfriend that I am the best goddamn dancer in the ABA. Who the hell are you? Nobody. Oh, Iconic. We stand so a true good. queen. So good. Eventually, Maureen breaks down and has to know how much of Bobo Paul Rudd liking her has to do with her and how much of it had to do with her ability to dance well. And one of the more emotional moments in the movie, probably because Susan May Pratt is a very good actress. She separates herself by the end of the movie from her mother by giving away her star part in Jonathan's ballet to Eva and saying goodbye to her mom with one final epic burn. You didn't have the feet. I don't have the heart. I still remember that quote. It is. She has the best come like she has the best like go fuck yourself lines they're so good best dialogue in the movie by far it's because she probably could deliver it so they were like here you do it she was the actor who had to learn how to dance versus the dancer who learned how to act well she was the one who had the most body double used throughout Mm -hmm. um but she she did do some of the dancing herself i think the twist of it being eva's hand that takes sergey's and not maureen's is still a satisfying surprise Mm. thruple three zoe zoe saldana her tood and juliet simone Sarcastic smoking Eva, who, according to Wiki, is from Boston in this movie? Yeah. How, Sway? How? No. No. She starts off on the wrong point shoe from the jump. After her audition, she acts like she doesn't get it when she does, and then she says she's not going to go. From her first day, though, she gets told that her leotard's not right, get the hair out of your face, and to lose the attitude. This mostly comes from former dancers slash teacher Juliet Simone. She gets cast in the core of Jonathan's ballet as punishment, but eventually wins over Juliet Simone when she notices Eva's work ethic underneath her quote-unquote raw talent, which is another ballet slash sports euphemism that I love when they use about people who have personality and opinions. <laughs> when she comes out as the lead of Jonathan's workshop, he too is pleasantly surprised by this plot twist and ends up offering her a job. Thruple four, Jody's turnout slash her general body, Juliet <laughs> Simone and Jonathan. This is quick. Basically, Jody having bad feet and subpar turnout while not being Margaret Fontaine is an egregious offense. I feel like this was the weakest argument of the movie. She's a real-life principal ballet dancer, and this was her first movie, so she wasn't convincingly bad enough for me, but I understand why they have to gaslight her, because it's part of ballet. Thruple five and what you came here for. Jody, Charlie, and Cooper. The best part. The love triangle between two good-looking, talented dancers who are somehow straight. Jody runs into Cooper on her first day, and he's already a well-known dancer to her. It's love at first sight. But then, after meeting her roommate, Eva, she meets Stillwater's run-deep Charlie, the nice, kind of sad boy of, bad, of ballet, if you will. He's from Seattle, you it, know. It rains there. He's <laughs> contemplative. 
After Jody gets told for the umpteenth time that she's not a great dancer, she decides to take a, quote, anything but ballet dance class on the other side of town and ends up in a class with Cooper. A word on this class. This modern jazz class is bonkers. It's like fame, but way more fucking horny. Like, literally, everybody's kissing and groping, and the teacher puts on Mandy Moore's candy to warm up as if that's a normal thing that gets played in a jazz class. The warm-up had, like, a shade of showgirls to it during the thrust moment of particular. Well, also, the dance teacher physically groping (laughs) everyone in class was a big, um, what's-his-face, Kyle McLaughlin energy from Showgirls. That is true. Would agree. Post-class, Jody and Cooper, quote-unquote, get dessert, a.k.a. have sex, (laughs) not to be (laughs) overlooked, to Mandy Moore's I Want to Be With You, which, gross. They sleep together once and Jody thinks they're dating. Yes. If anything, this is a power imbalance. Even wilder yeah. than that, she turns down Charlie after having sex with Cooper once. Jody, what are you doing? No. No. Jody then thinks it's a good idea to surprise Cooper at his show and he doesn't like it. And and, and he leaves with someone else mm, and it's extremely painful. So awkward to this day. Even thinking about oh, it, I feel like watching the scene made my molars hurt. <sighs> Jody's got what I like to call a case of the five G's. Good God, girl, get a grip! <laughs> She's from the Midwest. You know, this is her first time in the big city. Or as Kathleen later says, she's a heartbeat away of getting your name tattooed on her ass. <laughs> then she acts hella unprofessionally at rehearsal the next day in front of a donor, and it's so fucking cringy. It's almost, it's actually more cringy than her showing up at the ballet unannounced. Oh, God. What about what I want? Luckily, strong but kind of silent Charlie has words of wisdom. Whatever you feel, just dance it. The alternative to just do it. But just when you think Jody is over Cooper, Eric sprains his ankle and Cooper has to dance in the ballet with Jody. But turns out she actually is over him and Jody is the breakout star of the ballet. She's so powerful, she gets two offers and gets to tell Cooper that he's, quote, an amazing dancer, but as a boyfriend, you kind of suck. After she accepts the principal dancer role at his new company. The role of the showcase ballet and the movie is Jodie don't need no man or the American Ballet Company. Because she's going to do her own thing. Because we're dancing and it feels alright. I don't know the rest of the words. (laughs) But we can't get away from this movie without talking about the big dance number. Let's ignore the logistics of how it's pulled off. Like, there's absolutely no way Jody's final costume change from dress into red number with cornrows makes any sense in time and space the way that we have Who come to know braiding? it. Who is speed braiding? Who is speed braiding in the back? This is not the time and space that we have come to know. That is some very quick cultural appropriation. Also, where the fuck did the 20-person core come from? <laughs> there were never more than six people at most during rehearsals. Yep. And let's also ignore that Jody simulates having sex on stage with Cooper in front of her parents in the audience, and that a portion of the ballet proves that Coops has a quote-unquote routine for banging dancers because he is a bad boy of ballet. <laughs> let's definitely not dwell on the fact that he drives a motorcycle on stage because he is a bad boy. Cooper's ballet is really the best out of the bunch, semi-autobiographical ballet seduction sex scene notwithstanding. <laughs> One ballet we actually don't even end up seeing. We just see women dressed up like they're ready for Midsommar, warming up, and then running off stage. <laughs> According to an interview with Hitner that he did with Playbill, he signed on to do the movie because of the final half hour. The final dance scene sticks with you because you're able to see it so well. There are lots of wide shots, but the close-ups you can tell are the same actor-dancers. It was choreographed by Susan Stroman, who is, in a, who oh, is wow. a Tony Award-winning choreographer and music director. The music video tie-in, if you remember when music videos hadn't 
if you remember when music videos were also sort of an extension of the movie, well, Mandy Moore's I Want to Be With You does. Even though Charlie is featured, and I think teenage Mandy Moore wants to be with him, it's kind of unclear, but he just does a lot of spins as she sort of sings in the middle of the rehearsal space. It's not that exciting, but there is more ballet dancing to a mid-tempo ballad. And now, onto extremely important info, some fun facts. This is Zoe Saldana's film debut. My God. One of, and she was really good. Uh, besides Susan May Pratt, she's one of the, she's the best actor in the whole bunch. For sure. And she also has a ballet background, so she was able to do a lot of her own dance. I don't believe she did, like, a lot of the bigger, longer numbers, but she was able to do a lot, and that's why she, and she looks like a fucking ballet dancer. And let us not forget, we all made space in our heart for Zoe Saldana when we saw her put out that cigarette with her point shoe. So, what a way to have a debut film. One of the titles for Center Stage before it became center stage was the dance movie, which is just bad. This is yeah. bad. Isn't that the name of like a spoof of it is. In fact, I talk about it <coughs> in my notes because that is the main plot point in that parody is save the last dance. Great. Um, when Cooper blows off Jody after the performance and walks up with another girl, that's his real life fiance ballerina, Jillian Murphy. Jonathan's ballet is performed by the core of the New York city ballet. The subplot where Cooper Nielsen attracts the financial support of a wealthy philanthropic benefactress is actually based on his real life, and he had a real-life sponsorship relationship with Annika Palitz. The elephant and mouse joke that's told on the date with Maureen and Bobo Paul Rudd at the bowling alley that she then tries to tell her mom over lunch, but then she says, Take it all, bitch! Take and then it all, bitch. Walks away. Again, another iconic cut line. Um, is described in detail in a book by Brett Easton Ellis. It's Rules of Attraction. Donna Murphy, who plays the overbearing momager, and Zoe Saldana have both played characters in the Star Trek universe. Center Stage also spawned two sequels. Center Stage Turn It Up, a TV movie where they tried their best to make it into Step It Up, and a short-lived Lifetime TV show, Center Stage, colon, On Point, where a lot of the OG clap, where a lot of the OG cast, Peter Gallagher, his eyebrows, who appear in both follow-ups, um, Charlie and Cooper all have a role in it because a lot of the OG cast who were formerly dancers have now aged out and now their limited acting skills are all on display for us. So in real life, Sasha Radetzky and um, Ethan Stiefel are actually really good friends. Like they, uh, I remember reading an interview about that one time. Well, they danced together for a really long time, so I would assume that they would be good friends. But now on to where are they now? And also where have they been? Helen Heineken wrote this wrote this script and is best known, at least to us, outside of Center Stage, as the writer of Empire Records. She what? also wrote The Thing Called Love, which swapped out ballet for country music, and it's basically the same fucking thing. She wrote, like, two of our favorite movies. I know. The director, prior to Center Stage, had directed Object of My Affection, which is only relevant to my current interest because I'm getting ready to write a rom-com sketch show, and I brought up Object of My Affection as a good, bad rom-com that I love. I just rewatched it, and it holds up. Like, okay, the plot would not happen nowadays, but, like, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Well, the other one that I love is Picture Perfect with Jennifer Aniston. That actually held up really well, too. It's, like, about the pressure of how you need to look in order to get promoted at work as a woman and how yeah. she fakes being getting married to Jay Moore. Right. It's very good. I actually really enjoyed it. Maybe very good strong, but I really enjoyed it. Um, he also directed Winona Ryder in The Crucible and since Center Stage has gone on to be knighted, so that's sir to all of us. And he basically has been and continues to direct National Theater Live. 
Amanda Scholl, after she retired from ballet, transitioned into reoccurring roles on TV. She's been on One Tree Hill, Suits, Pretty Little Liars, a bunch of other ones. You can just look up her IMDb. Ethan Stifield retired retired from the American Ballet Theater at 40 and is or maybe was the artistic director of the Royal New Zealand Ballet. He more recently worked as a consultant and choreographer on the ballet drama Flesh and Bone, which was from Marty Noxon. Sasha Verdetsky retired from the American Ballet Theater in 2014. He appears in the aforementioned Flesh and Bone as Ross, as a principal dancer at the fictional American Ballet Company. And actors like Saldana and Gallagher and Pratt all still work to this day. On a personal note, I did sing I Want to Be With You for a choir audition. Wow. (laughs) And I also leveraged portions of choreography from the big number at the end and the dance class for auditions for various dance teams. And I think a number of dancers I knew could relate to Jody being told that she was fat to her face constantly and didn't have a body for ballet and is, at least for me, one of the reasons why I pivoted from ballet into doing other forms of dance afterwards. But that's all I got on Center Stage, which was an enjoyable rewatch and an enjoyable movie to find out more about. So I, much about a year later, um, Save the Last Dance comes out, which is the movie that I covered, which I, rewatching, some of it is a little cringeworthy, much more like I find that, say, uh, I find that Center Stage. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Is a better rewatch than Save the Last Dance. Really? Um, Is it just like really melodramatic? Yeah, it's melodramatic and it's too many recycled tropes, I think. And I'll go into this when I I talk more about after the plot. Um, I mean, it's basically dirty dancing with hip hop. There are so many parallels not quite the same, but there are a lot of parallels between the two movies, but I'll get into it a little later. Uh, Save the Last Dance was released January 21st, 2001, and was directed by Thomas Carter, who's best known for also directing Swing Kids and Coach Carter, as well as episodes of several TV shows. Plot is Sarah Johnson, played by Julia Stiles, is an aspiring dancer in high school who's auditioning to attend Juilliard for dance, as one does. She bombs her audition. uh, I think one, sorry, I think one quick thing that Center Stage and Save the Last Dance have in common are these women are auditioning for these really prestigious, hard-to-get parts in companies as if it's just a normal Normal thing. thing. No, and that's... As if, like, oh, I'm just gonna, like, it's the way that people are, like, I'm just gonna, like, run a 10K. Like, they treat getting into Juilliard. It it is truly wild to me. It's so It's very cavalier. The acceptance rate for Juilliard, because I looked into it for their vocal program in high school, is lower than, like, Harvard. 
I mean, it's, it's like maybe not quite that, but it's like very prestigious. Like it is hard to get in. There is no kind of in between here. Like even Indiana, which they bring up in center stage, they're like, "Oh, Indiana would be Indiana is one of the best." And that's where Amanda Scholl. That's where Amanda Scholl danced in real life in college. <laughs> it's like all very much like all or nothing here. Yeah. So Sarah, so many eggs in a basket. That's very precarious. Very precarious. Because yeah, there are no backups for Julia no. Stiles in this in this movie. She, we never hear about her thinking about you know looking at Northwestern or like another or a, school or a state school <laughs> exactly. So Sarah Johnson bombs her audition and she gets out of the auditorium. And while she, as she's getting out, she finds out that her mother who was on her way to her audition from her job as a florist has been killed in a car accident. She stops dancing out of guilt that her mother was rushing to get to her audition and is now forced to live with her estranged father. Who's a jazz musician who lives in the South side of Chicago. He's played by Terry Kinney. Sarah goes from a suburban, mostly white high school in the suburbs of Chicago to an inner city school where she is one of a few white kids. On her first day, she gets into a debate in class while discussing Truben Capote with another student named Derek. <laughs> yeah. Which, like, on a rewatch, he's totally right. Like, he talks about how, uh, like, Richard Wright and James Baldwin were doing the same thing in their own writings, but most people who are Yeah, not, I'm so like, sorry to cough into the mic, but... but, but... <laughs> But that, I, if I laugh too hard, I just start coughing. It's a part of getting over this cold, and I apologize for always basically dying on this fucking podcast. But, yeah, sorry, I coughed in the mic there, but that was just too funny. A Truman Capote, that. again, yeah, yeah. something that you say so casually that actually for It would never happen in high school. It doesn't, but no. it, I've never had this discussion, period. No, but it's also just, like, one you would have in, like, a lit class in college would not expect a, like, 12th grade English class to be getting it in on like Truman Capote versus James Baldwin James Baldwin and Richard Wright I don't feel like a high schooler (laughs) has the the capacity to to be able to process it properly anyway that's insane. But they're both very top of their class so she she gets into this discussion with Derek a student who's played by Sean Patrick Thomas um, and immediately thinks this guy is like pompous she later befriends his sister, Chanelle, played by Carrie Washington. Yeah, yeah. Chanelle invites Sarah to go out with her and her friends to a local club, a local club called Steps later that evening. The night they meet up to go out, Sarah is showing up, shows up in her outfit that's like from the gap. And as she gets called by Chanelle, the outfit gets called country and that she looks country in it. So she turns her cardigan of the outfit into a head wrap scarf. Oh my god, I forgot. Oh god, yes, no. Yeah. Oh, this this movie, yeah, does not hold up that No, good. there are okay. many times where I'm like, oh. So, and when then also the night that they go meet up to go out, Sarah finds out that Chanel, in fact, has a baby named Christopher with her on-again, off-again boyfriend, Kenny. When they go to Steps, where Derek and Chanel's friend, Snooky, DJs, she sees Derek again, and they dance together, though Sarah's inability to dance hip-hop is painfully awkward. Derek walks her home that night after the club, where we learn that he wants to go to Georgetown for medical school, and he offers to teach her how to dance after school. So begins our dance montages. They develop a friendship where Derek begins to learn about Sarah's ballet past, but she's quick to close up and never wants to talk about it. She opens up to him about his mom and the accident finally after he surprises her with tickets to the Joffrey Ballet. This is after, by the way, he has just found out he's gotten into Georgetown and he's surprising her to go to the Joffrey Ballet. How does a high school student afford that? I don't know. 
Their friendship turns into a romantic relationship, but is made complicated by Derek's jealous ex-girlfriend, Nikki, played by Bianca Lawson, who doesn't like Sarah. Oh, my God. And Derek's friend, Malachi, played by Fred Rose Starr, who is still heavily involved in a gang, which Derek is trying to distance himself from so he can focus on getting ready for Georgetown. Malachi doesn't like Sarah and wants Derek to help him retaliate after a rival gang shoots up the basketball court where he, Malachi, and their friends are playing. Derek feels like he owes Malachi's loyalty because he covered for Derek when they were younger and some cops went after them. And Malachi took the rap and something ended up on his record. Right, right, right. Yeah, and Derek, nothing ended up on Derek's record. Meanwhile, Sarah finds out... Doesn't he call him, like, Golden Boy a lot? Yeah, yeah, I forget what it is. Something, like, fairly menacing. Right, right, right. Basically, to to make note of the fact that he gets good grades is actually trying to get out and, like, build a, a good life for himself. Um, meanwhile, Sarah finds out that Juilliard is coming to Chicago for auditions with, and with Derek's help decides to prepare a new routine, which, okay, side note. Um, I find, I thought that if you audition for an art school once and it doesn't go well, you can't just like re-audition. This seems to me like something that would be, you'd have to wait a year or something like that to do. And she's like, I mean, maybe she leveraged her mom's death potentially i don't know you are accurate i auditioned for when i auditioned for an art school and i didn't get in i had to wait a year to audition again right that's what makes i thought made more sense anyway but she's able to do it and Derek, with Derek's help she decides to prepare a fresher more hip-hop focused routine to add to all the complex complications in their relationship sarah gets into a fight with nikki during gym class where she calls sarah out for taking one of the only good men in their community Chanel, angry after a fight with Kenny, reinforces what Nikki says, and as a result, their friendship is on the outs, and Sarah breaks up with Derek after all the pressure from both sides of their relationship to not be together. Derek agrees to join Malachi in the drive-by retaliation. Chanel later confesses to Derek what she said to Sarah about dating him, apologizes, and tells him to be with Sarah and to not be a part of the drive-by with Malachi that night, since it's going to jeopardize his future. Derek tells Malachi that he can't join him and tries to encourage him not to go through with the drive-by. Malachi brushes him off and moves forward with Derek leaving and going instead to Sarah's audition. Sarah. Oh, right. Yeah, and yeah, it's like yeah. a dramatic, like, it's cut a between. It's like, cut between the dance and all the stuff. Well, they also do that with her mom's death in the yes, beginning. They do a lot of the splicing of, like, what's happening in the different parts of town while this is, you know, like, there's a lot of this parallel action happening. Derek gets there just in the nick of time, of course, because this is a movie where she, Sarah, is on stage and has just messed up her modern hip-hop routine for this dance audition. And just as, a, just as she is about to walk away, Derek arrives, encouraging her to start over. She does and dances a routine incorporating her newfound hip-hop moves. She's basically told at the end that she will be accepted to Juilliard, which, again, This makes breaks. no sense. This never fucking happens, like, ever. Ever, ever, ever. Not Neither of us have been in an audition where oh someone's like, I can't say this for sure, Sarah, but welcome to Juilliard. Like, that doesn't happen. That's never a thing. Sarah and Derek reconcile. <laughs> in the history of things, that's not one. That is never happening. Sarah and Derek reconcile while Malachi's drive-by ends up being botched and he ends up getting arrested. Sarah and Derek go to Steps to celebrate, where Sarah and Chanel reconcile and on and all ends, of course, in the couple and their friends dancing to Montel Jordan's Let's Get It On Tonight. Well, it also had an iconic soundtrack, so I remember yes. I loved that Ice Cube song. Yes, yes, yes. We'll go into that in a second. So yes. behind the scenes, this was Julia Stiles' first kind of big solo starring movie. Like, oh. Sean Patrick Thomas is her opposite, 
but I feel like this was really carried on Julia Stiles' name. Like, people knew somewhat who Sean Patrick Thomas was because he had been in Can't Hardly Wait as one of the best friends of Peter Facinelli, and mm-hmm. then he had also been in Cool Intentions as the right. chill instructor slash um, some of Blair's love interests. Um, but ultimately, really, the big num- name on this was Julia Stiles because she had been in 10 Things I Hate About You. She had been in a Woody – no, not a Woody Allen movie, sorry – she had been in I Love You, I Love You Not with Claire Danes. And then she had been in Down to You with Freddie Prince Jr. But oh. it was like they were together. Like, you know, they were both big names together. Um, this was MTV, also one of MTV Films' first big hits. Like, I think they had done Big Man, Dead Man on Campus and maybe like one other movie before that. Oh, but, with Everett Scott? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then um, Sean Patrick Thomas, uh, again, he had been in Can't Hardly Wait. He had been the cello instructor in, in Cruel Intentions, but this was also one of his first big roles as well as kind of a leading man. Styles claims that the table dancing scene in 10 Things I Hate About You helped her get the role in this movie. What? <laughs> Which I don't know how much I'm going to believe that the drunken Biggie Smalls routine is really what got her the I think job. calling it a routine is really what's... I know. That, that word, is sending that's a strong me word choice. That was a strong word choice, I will say. It's not a routine. <laughs> This was, so to prepare for this role, she took a month and a half of intensive dance training with six hour a day rehearsals. So she went to Dancing with the Stars camp. Basically, before there was such a thing. Right. Though she performed all the hip hop and most of the ballet in the dance sequences, she actually had a body double for the point work, which of course makes sense. They were choreographed, all the routines in this um, were choreographed by music video royalty Fatima Robinson. Oh, fuck yeah. Yep, who we've talked about on the podcast before. She's responsible for choreographing Michael Jackson's Remember the Time, Aaliyah's Are You That Somebody, We Need a Resolution, Rock the Boat, Mary J. Blige's Family Affair, and she's gone on to direct the music videos for Fergie's Fergalicious, The Black Eyed Peas' Hey Mama, and then a bunch of Megan Trainor music videos, huh. randomly. Yeah. Um, and by the way, the da- the chair dance routine that we'd see in both the dance montage that she with she with her and Derek, um, and then later when Sarah is auditioning for Juilliard, mm-hmm. um, is the same one. So this BuzzFeed listicle that gave a bunch of facts about this movie, they were like, "This is the exact same one as Backstreet Boys' as, as Long as You Love Me," and I'm like, "Bitch, no, no, no." They reference OG Queen Janet Jackson's video for "Miss You Much." So they use a variation of the same chair routine in all of these montages. So there's a great music video mashup out there that showcases all the video dance routines that have the chair dance. So it was originally choreographed by Terry Bixler, but it starts out with obviously Janet Jackson's Missy Much. But then we see Backstreet Boys' As Long As You Love Me. And then we also see Britney Spears' Stronger, which heavily references it. And I believe they also show the Save Glass Dance dance in that. The age discrepancies between the actors were a little all over the place, with Julia Stiles being 19 when they filmed. Carrie Washington was 22, and she had just graduated from George Washington University. And Sean Patrick Thomas pulling a Luke Perry at 31, which I was like, what? I did not know that. Neither did I. I feel like when Sean discovered that Chadwick Boseman was 41, he was like, wait, what? Wait, Chad... That Black Panther is 41? Well, and then um, Bianca, what is her name who plays Nikki? Oh, Bianca Lawson? Bianca Lawson has well, been playing a high play- schooler exactly. in Pretty her, Little Liars 10 her, years later. She's been playing a high schooler for was, her entire she career? She was Shay Mitchell's love interest on Pretty Little Liars for a bit, and she's like a full 15 years older than her probably. Well, Gabrielle Union could still play herself sure. and, bring and bring it, it on. on. If there's a sequel tomorrow and it's like first year in college, I would believe it. would be it. fine. I wouldn't believe Kirsten Dunst, but I believe Gabrielle Union I sure. might be able to believe Kirsten Dunst. 
Not as a cheerleader. No, no, no. Um, and then in terms of uh, wild story, Snooki from Jersey Shore. Excuse me. Got her nickname because she was the first of her high school friends to make out with a guy. So they started calling her Snooki after the character in Save the Last Dance, which makes no sense because nowhere Wait. is that character. He's like the be- one of the best friends. He's the like comic relief. And then he's the DJ at the club sometimes. But there's no point in which his making out with someone leads him to have a nickname Snooki. So I don't really know where you put two and two together there. Where'd that made up backstory come from? I understand the comic relief aspect. Yeah, yeah. But, but I, I don't get the make out connection. Why that would give you, give you the nickname of a, of a minor character. Does he make out dance. in the background? No, he doesn't. Like he, he is a comic relief character who makes like funny jokes and like teases Sarah all the time, but like ultimately isn't, isn't known for that in this movie. In terms of when this movie came out, it was released January 1st of 2001, would go on to gross over $91 million domestically and over $130 million internationally. Ratings were mixed with a 53% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Many critics praised like the actors' performances, but ultimately felt like the plot fell into a lot of dance movie tropes, which we'll get into. This makes sense, of course, because Save the Last Dance would end up being the main plot point in the parody movie Dance Movie. And I'm blanking on who played Julia Stiles in that, but... Um, Sean Patrick Thomas was Damon Wayans Jr. Yep. So where are they now? Julia Stiles would go on to star in A Guy Thing and Mona Lisa Smile. Over the years, she turned up- Another in- Mona Lisa Smile appearance. Yeah, and just in one season alone. Jesus Actually, Christ. we've done all three. We've talked about, we talked about Kirsten Dunst, Maggie Gyllenhaal, and Julia Stiles in the last season. And Julia Roberts? Did we talk about Julia Roberts? No, like we Oscars, didn't. We talked about her briefly for the Oscars. Oh, right, because Aaron Brockovich. Yeah, Brockovich. so yeah, we did the we whole about cast the of Moments to Smile, a movie that we both hate. Jennifer Goodwin, maybe we'll do a win a date with Tad Hamilton. I actually <laughs> so, like that movie, too. too. I really love Jennifer Goodwin. And then she would go on to be, uh, so Julia Stiles would go on to be on Dexter for a couple seasons, and then Silver Linings. Some of the worst seasons, yes, I think. Yes, And in Silver Linings Playbook, where she played Jennifer Lawrence's sister, and was recently in our overlooked new fave Hustlers, Justice for J-Lo. Um, who, by the way, Carrie Washington, in terms of her dance experience prior to this movie, she said in an interview that J-Lo was one of her dance instructors in the 90s because she grew up huh. in New York. Yeah. That's amazing. What a good get for Carrie Washington. I know. So Sean Patrick Thomas would go on to have a co-starring role in the movie Barbershop and then was also on the TV show Justified and The District. So he's shown up in a thing here and there, but I don't think he has had as much of a career, uh, like big A-list career since this movie. I think this is probably the movie he's the most known for. Okay. Yeah. In terms... Yeah, I mean, does he still act? Not... Well, yeah, he still acts. He's just not as in much... It's it's like TV show turns, really. Okay. Um, In terms of Kerry Washington, I mean, like, this was her first... She had been in other things before this, but this was really her first breakout role. And Kerry Washington, I mean... She is arguably, I think, the biggest name from this. Uh, Scandal, obviously, a bunch of movies. She is you know, she's Carrie Washington. She's Carrie Washington. She can't do wrong. Um, in terms of music, this soundtrack is still a fucking banger. My sister and I shared a CD collection <laughs> that arguably had 90% of the teen rom-com soundtracks between the years of 1999 to 2002. And this one, of course, made the cut. I'm just going to go through the track list. Shining Through, which is a theme from Say the Last Dance, which samples True Colors. It's Friedrich Star, the guy who played Malachi, who raps, and then Jill Scott, who is Jill is Scott. Is Jill Scott. Grammy winner Jill Scott. 
You by Lucy Pearl, who I don't really know, but featuring Snoop Dogg and Q-Tip. Uh, Bonafide by X2C. Um, crazy by Casey and JoJo, which is I'm the I'm going big- crazy, 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 crazy just crazy, thinking about you, baby. I feel like this song and then uh, obviously All My Life, those were their two those big Those are their hits, two big hits. For sure. Somehow yeah. I know all of the words still oh, for no reason at all. That They use a lot of autotune in that song. Um, you Make Me Sick by Pink. Um, which is- when she was still pink with an exclamation point as yes, an eye. Yes. You Know What's Up by Donnell Jones, which I was still listening to. I think that was one of my songs on our 1999 list, if I recall correctly. Oh. You Know What's Up. Yeah, great song. Move It Slow by Kevin Edmonds. Murder, she wrote. Oh, yeah. Murder, she wrote. I was so devastated when someone's like, yeah, this means you like reggae. I was like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> I can get down with this song, though. Um, you can do it. Of course, Ice Cube be- featuring Mac 10 and Mrs. Miss Toy, which, oh, God, still holds up. Was listening to it earlier today at work. Um, My Window by Soulbone, which I don't remember. Only You, 112 by the Notorious B.I.G. Get It On Tonight by Montel Jordan. All or Nothing by Athena Cage, which is the last song when she does her Juilliard audition. And then What You Want by Mace, which still bangs, has a great, great sample on there. Rewatching this movie, it had a lot of parallels to Dirty Dancing. The initial, oh, she's bad at this cool new dancing style. And then the dance montages where her partner slash soon-to-be love interest, uh, they progressively get friendlier with one another and better. The father-daughter relationship is serving as one of the plot points, albeit very different ones. One's very estranged. The other is, like, too close almost. And then a dirty dancing turning into love scene. And then the final epic dance where our protagonist shines through and it's it ends on everyone being happy and dancing together. Um, again, this movie, great moments. I don't think it's as rewatchable as center stage it's just there are a lot of cringeworthy moments uh but it was fun to go back and see a movie that I adored when I was 13 years old it's interesting how it seems a little bit more dated even though it's supposed to be the more modern of the two for sure especially like I think it's because it follows tropes instead of sort of examining characters even and I think that's how you can get away with corny dialogue I think that's how center stage kind of gets away with some of the corny dialogue and the way that it's delivered and stuff but I don't even know do you did you watch a lot of the dance scenes do the dance scenes kind of hold up in terms of like keeping your interest yeah for sure I mean they're definitely good I think re-watching Julia Stiles's final audition for Juilliard she is a very good dancer don't get me wrong but I think it's a little bit more not, I won't say wooden, but just like it didn't, it wasn't as good as I remembered it being. Not that she wasn't a bad dancer, but it, it was just like she clearly, this was not her first medium, if you will. Yes. I think that maybe that kind of comes across a little bit more. But I think that the acting in it, like for how dramatic it is, you can tell like the three main actors were excellent, are good actors. Um, obviously, Carrie Washington really being. The person that shined, I think, the most in this movie. Like, Julia Stiles is great, but this is not my favorite role of Julia Stiles. I prefer her much more as Kat Stratford. I definitely think that this is a movie where a supporting role is always the breakout role. Exactly. Because when you spend too much time with the protagonist... I mean, it's a dramatic love story with dance sequences in between. Exactly. Where I think that Center Stage is all about the dance, and then they just layer it in like a love triangle on top. Right. No, you're absolutely right. Well, are you ready to sashay away? Actually, that's Drag Race. That's not ballet. <laughs> sashay. Shantae. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, 
please rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you can rate and review this podcast. And make sure you share, tell a friend, whatever, you know, get the word out about how much you enjoy listening to us. You can also, if you can't get enough, read our blog posts. We're doing accompanying posts on Medium to go with our third season. So check us out at Old Millennials Pod on there. And you can find us on Facebook at Old Millennials Pod. And on Instagram at The Old Millennials Pod. And you can find us on Twitter. I'm at Marg She Wrote. And I'm at Emily A. Vision. And until next time, bye. Bye. You'll see. We'll be friends forever. I'm Jody. I'm Allison. And we want to talk to you about our podcast, The Bloom Saloon. It's a Judy Bloom book club. We actually read each book one by one and discuss every chapter in minute detail. Yeah, so you don't have to read along. Or you can. That's fun, too. We do dramatic readings, which I think is the most fun. We get really into the characters that Judy's created for us. Jody, what's been your favorite book that we've read so far? Tiger Eyes. What about you? Are You There, Goddess Me, Margaret? Is a classic, and we were just so taken with that book when we read it. We've done Dini. Wifey. Blubber. Then again, maybe I won't. A non-Judy book, Domestic Arrangements. Shout out Norma Klein. Otherwise known as Sheila the Great. Tales of a Fourth Grade Nothing. Forever. Who could forget Ralph? I'd love to forget Ralph. (laughs) (laughs) It's not for kids. We record every episode in... The Bloom Cocoon. A cozy embrace. A magical space. For friends like you. (laughs) That's good. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.